We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Monday, the 24th day of October, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Emerson alongside Bruce Adams and Ned. How are you, Mr. Wizard? It's good to see you. Yeah, um, happy to be here. I've got a little bit of time and once again, so many points to talk about and not enough, hopefully, a bigger audience because I've got a few things, a couple of things to say, which will be eye openers that um, I want the word spread on. I'm looking forward to getting into all of those topics that you've got lined up today and I'm uh... I'm sorry that I was late. I do apologize, but we will get through this as quickly and as painlessly as possible. And you've already gotten one apology out of the way, so let's go for uh, let's go for another one if we can at some point. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive. Yeah, uh, bit tired, uh, but that's kind of yeah. The uh, uh, one of the housemates flew out today, so oh. early this morning. Oh, so. I'm so sorry to hear it. Mm. Not really, but. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, but but by the by the sounding of your happiness, it was good riddance. But he's got a smile on his face while he's saying it, doesn't he? Well, it it they they decided it was time to visit the mother because uh, they um, hadn't seen them in a, in oh. a while. So, oh, I yeah. see. Did they take a. They take a mummy. Mummy will give them a cuddle and tell it all the world is okay when they, they get take back. a fake meat steak with them to snack on on the floor. Uh, uh, no, uh, no, I don't know about that. But no, yeah. okay, all right, Ned. What do you got? Uh, first of the week, what do you have? You haven't been on with us since uh, since well, you were on last week, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, you usually spend week. your week researching and digging into facts, figures, and all kinds of stuff. I've got some some audio lined up. I got some reports lined up that we can get into as we go along here. But as usual, or as per however you put it in the uh, in the UK, we take our cues from you when you're on. What do you got? Well, obviously, I've I always like to bring. I mean, yeah, it's a drag. COVID's a drag. People, it's not over. In fact, there's a little bit of a twitch in your country that's making it worse, isn't it? It's, um, you talking I about the Boston College thing. I'm or? talking about the C CDC oh, and the, CDC, the ACIP. Yeah, yeah no, I've the, got the clip what, what the you CDC. what you call the um, the Im immunization advisors to the government. Yeah. Yes, I that's have the, that. That's audio the branch you'd like to hear. The ACIP. You've um, not really. Well, yeah, okay. in a minute. Okay. I'm just going to have a bitch first because I sure, think yeah. it is. Please, go ahead. Bro, uh, it, it's, it's all right seeing visual stuff, but I think the people should hear it from a person to the point of saying this, and you can't stress it enough, that this advisory committee that voted unanimously, which is a branch, the ACIP is a branch of the CDC, which is supposed to be. Remember, this the CDC, remember, is a repre represented by that NIH git, Fauci, who said the judiciary shouldn't be able to rule on any CDC stuff. And now you will understand why. He doesn't like it because a judiciary overruled something before, and they need to stop what's coming because the advisory committee that voted unanimously voted to put the vaccination on the list for all 
children at an early age and upwards. And a lot of people go, well, isn't that good? We 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 obviously get the polio vaccine. They get the tetanus vaccine. No, it, it it's not good. And they are not doing it for your health. The only reason they are doing this is to avoid prosecution. That And they'll go, well, how can you avoid prosecution? Because in different countries, we have different laws. And in America, like we said way at the beginning, this COVID pandemic umbrella means nobody can be held accountable for death unless it's found to be fraudulent. Now, with all the data coming out and all the deaths and associated cardio problems, and now you've got the talks from the European Parliament, if people have been following all these feeds to say, well, was it tested for this? Were the clinical trials for this? And then you find out there isn't. And they were things like they've had to keep up with the science and the market. That's business talk. That's money talk. This is not caring for people talk. So all the governments worked alongside the corporations, didn't do their fact checking, didn't have anything medically checked. Companies that actually got you to be sacked or moved aside or made a ruling or coerced you into taking a vaccine to keep your job were all wrong because they should have had an assessment all the way down the line. And now it's got to the bottom where the lawyers are going to grab or some lawyers are grabbing this from different countries and they're going to start tearing it up. But in America, if a vaccine gets put onto the children's list, there is no liability. And that means no liability the harm is caused to the child or even an adult taking this later on. And that is the bottom line. They are using the children to avoid standing up and saying we were wrong. And that means accountability. And to me, that is evil. And any adult who, that means if your child wants to go to school, they will probably say, is it vaccinated with this, this and this like they normally do? Otherwise, you can't get an education. No, what an adult should say now is, Give me medical proof of clinical trials and everything. They might be able to show you about some, but they will not be able to bring any proof out COVID vaccine. And you've got to stop it because it's causing more problems. And they're using this just to avoid. It's all about money. That's it. Simple as that. I think you could use this in in another way. I mean, this this may very well be the um, the nail in the coffin for public schools, don't you think? We've been concerned about the uh, the public school agendas for quite some time. I mean, that's where they're indoctrinating all these kids now, right? With all the uh, uh, the wokeness and the story hours and and all that stuff, and the uh, the material, the teachers, the woke teachers that are that are getting them into this way of thinking, shall we say? Now with jabs being required, maybe that's just another incentive for parents to pull their kids out of the schools that are already wrecking them anyway. Well, so basically you should, well, schools, as far as I'm concerned, which they tried to move in several ways in Britain when they created things like they called academies, where that means they could be independently funded and they were a public school still, but you get independence, uh, you get publicly funded and they have their own form of governors, which then decide on the rules of the school, whether it's school uniform and whether, and all they, what they have to do is follow the curriculum follow the educational curriculum which to me in many respects is totally messed up by psychologists anyway most of it yet the parents have to take charge of the schools they have to become the governors of these schools 
This is yeah. why the DHS secretary in America is classifying parents that speak up at these school board meetings domestic terrorists and domestic extremists. Well, they're not. Well, I understand child. they're not. They're, 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 they're responsible parent. I got That's it. called responsible parent. I got it. I'm, I'm totally terrorists. with you. Hmm. <laughs> you couldn't make it up. You couldn't make it up. <laughs> he was even questioned about it by Senator Ted Cruz in Congress under oath. And he says, I didn't know anything about that. And he says, well, your name is on this. Your signature's on this. You didn't know anything about it. And he says, nope. Oh, yeah. I mean, I must admit, though, um, Florida Florida has um, no COVID mandates, isn't it? Haven't they pushed that? Hasn't your governor said no COVID mandates here? And hang on, what's his name? Your, he had a Surgeon General call. Ladap or something, Joseph Ladap or something. Yeah, you're talking about uh, DeSantis down in Florida and his his AG. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, he actually said, no way, this isn't going to happen here. And that's right. I mean, the more states that stand up for it, you... This is going to literally, your states are going to have to take back the, the command of their states. They're going to say, this is state law. And saying that, there was something else. If I could slightly move sideways. Shall I play the clip first and then? Yeah, yeah, go on, okay. go on. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to check to make sure um, folks can hear me. I'm going to actually move to Ms. McNally. McNally, no conflict, yes. Thank you. Dr. Bell? Bell, no conflict, yes. Thank you. Dr. Lair. Lair, no conflicts, yes. Thank you. Ms. Bata? Bata, no conflicts, yes. Thank you. Dr. Brooks? Oliver Brooks, no conflicts, yes. Dr. Daly? Matt Daly, no conflicts, yes. Dr. Sanchez? Sanchez, no conflict, yes. Dr. Shaw? Shaw, no conflicts, yes. Dr. Long? Sarah Long, no conflict, yes. Dr. Cotton. Cotton, no conflicts, yes. Dr. Sineas. Sineas, no conflicts, yes. Dr. Paling. Paling, no conflicts, yes. And Lee, no conflicts, yes. Um, we This vote now uh, passes uh, with 15 yeses. Go ahead and zero no's. Uh, yes, um, the vote passed 15 zeros, or 15, 15 four, no against. Excellent. Thank you. That's ridiculous. Even with any structure, no one questioned this. Well, you heard them. There was no conflicts. <laughs> <laughs> so this COVID... Just the look on your this, face. This, I'm this, sorry I had to. A vaccination of children... Hang on. So the only data that has come out from pharmaceuticals all the firms, everything has led to a serious sign of negative side effects. It's shown that negative effects outweigh any form of thought about positive effects. And yet you've got 15 medical doctors saying, yay, not one question. Well, and that in itself, that means, yeah, they're all paid off. They they're can't all paid say off. anything else for that. Yeah. No, I mean, and they well, were quick to jump on. They couldn't, like, no one even gave some kind of a reason saying, you know, okay, I'll I'll agree, but I object to this part of it. No, it was full on agree. And yeah, but yeah. even even if to abstain from something, if you're unsure about something or it's questionable. When they started to roll out the boosters, I'm doing the air quotes, the boosters in the US, when Fauci was pushing that, saying that it needed to be done, you had people that were on the FDA's board of approval. Two of them, including the head of the approval side of it, quit, as in resigned immediately. And well, it wasn't even mentioned in the news. No. And, and it, yeah. When was the last time the news mentioned anything morally or, or oh, yeah, ethical? True. 
Yeah, that's true. Bruce, what do you want to uh, what you want to say about that clip there? Yeah, so I, I just wanted to point out that two of the individuals in that clip this this was the the Zoom call that where they were doing the vote for the listener's right. sake. Um, the the two of them were in a mask, and one of them had a mask at their chin while on a Zoom call with no one else around. <laughs> well, you don't want to infect um, anybody on the Zoom call, right? Right. Not only did they pass this though for the the children um, for schools. Uh, they also passed this for the adults that was done yesterday and the kids were done the, the night before. So and it was also a unanimous vote. So now if you require getting vaccination for uh, I believe it's military and if you're like overseas and whatnot traveling and you go to a location that requires vaccination, you're required to take a COVID-19 vaccine. Well, personally, anybody should question it. If you've got a thought, just ask for you're allowed to ask any clinical proof about how this vaccine has been set up, tested, whatever. And when you get people like President Obama coming with, well, it's been tested on billions of people. Yeah, and what are the results? I mean, that is a joke. It's If that gets pushed through, every school that does it, there's going to be side effects of this. I know for a fact one of the biggest side effects it's going to be uh, myocarditis because that used to be a post-puberty problem. And for some reason, in the last couple of years, it is now pre-puberty. And okay, make up, call it conspiracy, whatever. But check it out, people. They're your kids and it's yourself. So if you can't be bothered to check it out and you can't be bothered to check it out for your kids, what does that make you? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not calling names. Just decide on the name yourself. And let your own conscience take care of it, please. Because it's not worth... There's been all these people, the teenagers... I mean, the person that went in the room, they found out the teenager was dead asleep in the bed. And then after they've had autopsies, they found they found problems, they found expanded hearts, da-da-da-da-da. It's endless. Look for the information. If you don't find it in your own country, but it appears in other countries, question it, please question why you can't find that information in your own country and that in itself is a damning effect so any uh, like i say florida no covid mandates woof good stand up for your people people should follow people should follow and on that respect is this is just a case of liability avoidance nothing else at the expense of children and that in itself is it shouldn't be allowed i mean it shouldn't be allowed even at the expense of anybody the the actual obviousness of it it's written in your laws. Go check them out. A lawyer will know. If you pay for one session with a lawyer to check it out, they will find those laws for you. They will find them for you. Question it. The other thing I was I was going to talk about, because you have got another um uh state which is actually voicing up about something else, which I found quite interesting. Um state of Missouri. I was, I was talking to Bruce earlier, and they seem to be quite proactive in the past. And they've created a Second Amendment Protection Act, apparently, which... Yes, they and turned it's, it into it's a only, Second Amendment sanctuary state, more or less. I've heard about this, yeah. Yeah, and it started with um, Newton County. And basically, it is to stop the federal government infringing on people's rights, i.e. they've given full authority to the county sheriffs to arrest any federal agents infringe people's rights, their arms, and violate any state law. Which is how it should be. Which is how it should be. And this, okay, a horse is bolted like everything. This is picking up the pieces afterwards. But 
it's another piece. It's somebody else voicing it. The reason I'm voicing it is I know I'm not in America. I know I'm not an American. I'm in the UK, but it's a good point. I've heard it. Maybe you haven't heard it. Maybe all your American listeners haven't heard it. But if they hear it, then they can question why their state isn't doing something similar. Maybe you can get more movements of people. Get out there, be vocal, question these things. Because we're, we're, we could be at a tipping point here where you could change things. They've managed to do it. So if you're in a state where it hasn't been managed, stop pushing. We can do it from our end in the UK. or We've got our own circus here. We might even get the clown back in, apparently. So yeah, Boris, yeah. Boris might be coming back with the you know head of the circus ring. Is he, he should get is a he top gonna wear out the, the red coat? Yeah, is he going to wear the ringmaster outfit because he's <laughs> he's good at you know playing uh, the flim flam man? Is he oh, is he going to be wearing he, the ringmaster he, outfit he, when he comes back? He, he, he's amazing. Like I say, he's a clown. He he took the piss at a time when every other corporation was taking the piss, and he openly done it. So he fit right into the picture. Which that begs the question, are they looking to to ram through another unpopular agenda and they need to get him back in there to just carry the ball and carry the water for it? Well, yeah, yeah, no, no. The the thing is, the thing is, it it makes you wonder where he's at because he seems to have sidestepped on that point. Yeah. Trust came in. She pushed through those tax things. Yeah. The budget. Now she's conveniently gone. She's They're not going to change. They're not going to change them back. They're in. And so now she's done he'll be the, bit and she's he'll out. be the scapegoat for the energy crisis that's coming up in the colder months. I don't know whether he'll be the scapegoat. He might fly in and well, fly out it, again. Well, yeah, if it, but I'm just, I'm just saying, if, if and when it goes wrong, they'll pin it on him. I have a question though. I don't know this in British law. If you've been a prime minister, do you have to do a full term to actually get the pension the day you finish? Hopefully, you don't, don't have know. to do a couple of weeks. I don't know. And get your pension when you finish. This is another Just question. Just would have made a mint out of that. Yeah, yeah. This is another question. Have you ever had, I, I, I genuinely don't know, have you ever had a PM resign and then come back and be your PM again? Not that I know of. They usually get kicked out of office or there's Yeah, they usually resign in disgrace. I mean, like David Cameron, hey, I think he's living in his caravan now. Or, um, or some political move gets rid of them. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you get... In extreme times, you get extreme people. It's like Winston Churchill was never meant to rule during peacetime, but he did his bit while the Second World War was on. So, and then it's, 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 there is no, it's, it's, well, the funny, it is, it's a circus. It's a circus. They are proving openly they can put anyone in, take anyone out, put anyone in, take anyone out. They've done everything under the puppetry of your aging, Old man in the U.S. I, I hey, would like to say as hell. The economy's strong as hell. I don't know what you're talking about. He's saying that while he's eating scoops of ice cream. Economy? I think it was, what is it, 31 trillion in debt? Is that right? You see, what people don't understand, because the U.S. dollar, right, was, I think it was, was it in the 60s that it was actually justified that it could print as much as it wants to some extreme? Because it was the currency of the world. When did you guys lose the status as the currency? Uh, when, when did the pound sterling kind of fade away? Was it the Bretton Woods thing under Nixon? Is that when it was? Oh, no. Nixon did your gold reserve. He did, yeah. Bretton Woods agreed. He was yeah. the man that got rid of your gold reserve. Yeah. And I think Brown was the one that wanted ours out the window. Gordon Brown, yeah. 1970, 1972, we went to decimal. Okay. But the thing is... That's, that's when it happened. That's when it yeah. happened. We took over the petrodollar at that point. Yeah. And basically, it was the US dollar was seen as the standard. The biggest problem with the US was it 
and I, I don't know what stage it's at at the moment. It used to have a big gold reserve. You guys haven't done an audit on that for years. And one of your representatives from the Republican Party wants the gold reserve, uh, gold, gold backing to come back in, the US dollar. And do you know what that is? Because your BRICS, com- your BRICS countries have been buying gold up over the last two years, hand and foot. Now, if you think about it, you've got one country with the US dollar. Uh, if they, uh, they've got to find a lot of gold to actually back up what's out there. They have to find a lot of gold if the bank, even if you look on what they used to have, is a fifth of what they're going to require. And yet you've got all five um, nations within the BRICS, and I presume people know who the BRICS are. That's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And you have got, obviously, you have had, and you will have other nations that want to join them. But these five nations, if they, they want to form a single currency, They've put it out there. They want to form a single currency backed up by gold, which then becomes scary because that means they could really try and destabilize the US dollar if it doesn't get backed up by gold. Because if one country at the BRICS folds, you've still got four countries backing up that currency with gold. This could change the whole trade of the world, the way people look at it, because it's more stable. It is more stable. It can't be anything else instead of just one country. It's a horrible fact. So you've got five countries here trying to say we could form a single currency. Many years ago, I think, oh, I'm trying to think of what year it was. And Gaddafi in Libya said, I want to form an African currency. And he was going to call it the gold dinar. He's going to back it by gold. We're going to have an African currency and he's going to back it with literally Old. And I think it was um, 2011. Yes. Because in 2011, he brought that up. And then all of a sudden, two countries decide to bomb him for being a terrorist. Now, that happened to be the US and France. A lot of people would have thought it was the UK. We might have said, fine, you can go over our airspace or do whatever you want or land here and hop or go wherever. There was a big agreement, but it was the US and France. And people would have gone, even questioned it, they would go, well, France? Why France? Now, the reason France got their boot in there was at least 12 nations in Africa, I believe, use something called the CFA, which is um, franc. So those 12 countries, at least in Africa, have to have money in, like, the French bank to back it up. So Europe had a big foot in here and a lot of money because they used to be French colonies, all these places. So basically, Europe had a big concern there. If 12 countries had their money destabilized and then backed up by this, you know, which is backed up by gold, they would lose all that equity as such as whatever they could use, whether it was politically, monetary, otherwise. And all of a sudden, it bombed Libya. Gaddafi's a total terrorist, gone. It stopped. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I don't. I mean, that's a historical fact. I mean, I know. There was at least, but uh, 12, I mean, you had uh, Guinea, Senegal, uh, Mauritania, Morocco, Mali, Madagascar, I think Algeria, Tunisia, Niger, Chad, Central African Republic, Congo. There was, there's quite a lot of them that actually use this CFA, yeah? And can you imagine the stabilization that a continent like Africa would have got? It would have become uh, quite an economical power. And that got blown, literally blown out the window in one move. And personally, 
looking back on it, and everybody would say, yeah, Gaddafi was a terrorist, bang, it's gone. Just like everybody's a domestic terrorist or anybody's a terrorist that threatens any political move in, in the US or the West or whatever. Yeah, so if they want to call you a domestic terrorist, Sodom. Yeah, they're going to try and come and get you. They'll try and do whatever if they think you're a threat. But no, only so much, only so many. But all these historical facts and historical moves, and they're all going to come and bite them in the arse. It's, it's twisted, it's horrible, it's dark. And yeah, certain countries in this world which are moving to step aside, you're either going to get a vastly split economy. I don't know how the US will manage to um, sustain that or find that much gold prop the dollar up that is a hell of a move and we're still out on it this is just information on what's happening because are the brick nations part of this jigsaw that is being manipulated by whoever in the shadows i don't know but that could become a totally different trading setup and turkey might be applying for it venezuela i think iran was thinking about it there's a lot of countries that are waiting like most political situations to see how it moves. Do a lot of people actually know, I know we talk about central banks and everything, but do they actually know that all the central banks in over 60 countries actually go to a meeting in one bank, which decides where everything is? Yes, I, I, I knew it's that. Switzerland, isn't it? Yeah, the Bank of International Settlements in Geneva. Yeah, yeah. And it looks, it, the actual building looks like a boot, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's a big glass boot. Yeah, it, it looks it looks like a real bad piece of footwear. And within that, see, this is it. Within that, they actually have three tiers of um, whether a company, uh, whether a country is stable or not, depending on its loans, and it tells you what sort of loans you can have. And they actually, until now, recently, in the last two years, tier one was the top, and Gold didn't even come into it. Well, they, they they dropped the gold off the map to support. And now, all of a sudden, if your money is backed by gold, it's in tier one. So this Bank of International Settlements is um, controlling all this and telling the central banks what to do. Yeah, there's yeah there's another layer up on top of the, the central banks. Yeah, the central banks are not the be-all, end-all. There's a cartel that's above them. You've got the World Bank, the IMF, and then you've got the Bank of International Settlements that are mixed in with that. And it's like yeah. the, the World Bank runs the, the US, the Canadian, and the, the Central and South American side of things. The IMF does like the European side of things. So it's, I mean, it's all, like I said, it's just, it's all the same cartel. But Bruce, what were you going to say on the, uh, on the Bank of International Settlements? I was just going to add um, one people, uh, the average person, I don't think knows that uh, what you were saying there, but I, I actually have a question. How long do you think having gold as one of the hard currencies or whatever you want to call it, commodities, to back the the fiat currencies, how long do you think that'll actually last? Because if we start, and here's why I say that, when we start space travel, asteroid mining, what there's asteroids out there that not. we, yeah, no. yeah, we already have asteroids out there that are loaded with like things like platinum, cobalt, gold. I mean, well, uh, Bruce, lithium, think, all the stuff you, that we need. This is, this is why I'm saying this. Don't you think they've already thought of that? When they they've gold was not in any of those tiers, it was pushed us out of the way. Yeah. Now they're using it as a, a political move, made it tier one. They're telling you what your worth is now based on if your money is backed up by gold. So they're forcing that issue. Now that one um bank of international settlements, if they can do that, like you say, what happens if they decide, well, everybody's got loads of gold now? Shall we make it coffee? Shall we make it this? 
just to move the economy point of strength from somebody to somebody else. So all of a sudden, oh, hang on, somebody owns all the coffee. They're going to be the ruling structure. Yeah, it is totally corrupt because they can choose what they base everything on. And it'd be even worse if they do the uh, the digital currency route. And let me explain. This is the chief of the International Monetary Fund, which is, again, another one of those lovely banks, speaking about what they're going to do with a central bank digital currency. Bo, just a quick question. When you look out at at what's happening so far in this sphere, Mm -hmm. uh, do you see any ways in which you know, the transaction data is so helpful, are being used now or, or could be used or should be put into a plan? Just any specific example. Well, I can give you one example in China because I personally experienced it, right? Those transaction data can be utilized by service providers in credit underwriting in the sense that, you know, those transaction data in terms of how many coffee I drink every day. Where I buy coffee? Do I use uh, Uber every day? And what kind of working hours I have? Those non-traditional data can be very useful for financial service providers to give me a credit score. And based on that credit score, the financial service provider give me a credit line without any face-to-face due diligence. That's a big saving because traditionally, you know, banks, they need to do due diligence. They need to meet with us face-to-face. They need to even visit my home if you want to give me a home equity loan, right? Uh So there's a lot of cost associated with traditional credit underwriting. But the non-traditional credit underwriting is based on data. And there is no need for face-to-face meeting. And it's much faster and much cheaper. And that's a way to create value. And we see a lot of that already in China because we have very good mobile payment system in China. And those service providers, they are providing a lot of additional financial service in addition to payment. And that can be very profitable. And that's the value we are talking about to make it attractive to private sector players to join this ecosystem. So see, screw your gold, screw your whatever commodity, insert commodity here, commodity X, whatever that is, screw that because the new commodity that's going to be as valuable as anything you could put up against it will be your behavior and your data. Credit. (laughs) Exactly. You'll have credit based on that. Your credit is based on the information they have on you. Your behavior, yes. I mean, right. If you have a job, if you have money, you have the right to spend your money how you want. And your responsibility is to supply for yourself. If it's if you've got a partner that both of you supply for each other, if you've got children, supply for the family, la di da di da di da di da. But it's choice in what you do with it, not giving it, oh, I better spend it on this so I can have a good credit score. Because I if, have I have a credit, if I don't have a credit if I don't have a good credit store, yeah. I, I, hang on, I've got to spend it in this direction, that direction, that direction, just so I'm liked by anyway. Who the hell is liking me to get this credit score? I don't even want to socialize with them. They can piss off. Your individuality is what makes you as a human being, It what makes you want to succeed. It makes you want to do things. Even if you're going to come up with good ideas or even bad ideas, it difference. Why, if 
we, I mean, they're going to lead you down this wall of you're all going to be the same because you're going to be like putty and you're all going to be like faces without eyes and everything. It's just going to be the faceless mass. But if you're all like that, where has the difference gone? Where has the ideas gone? You, you're just going to die out eventually. And the idea is that wants to create that mass is a bit stupid. So I'm sorry, uh, the asylum, I don't want part of it. It is just, just it's self-destructive. It, it'll just be the end of the hum- human race. I, I didn't realize the head of the IMF was now Chinese national. I, I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know that China had taken control of the, uh, the International Monetary Fund. But he was talking up how great the financial system is that they have in China. In it's China. wonderful. Oh, yeah. yeah it's wonderful. Um, the finan- you mean financial is called the social credit score? Exactly. See, if you just have this social credit system that you work into the financial system, then it'll make everything better. Bruce, you and I have been talking about this for like four years now. Your take. No surprise that China's done this. Um, this pretty much fits the... At this point, is China running the World Economic Forum? Because this fits into their agenda. Um, the other stuff that you were talking about with BRICS and everything that fits the agenda as well, because one of the things you have to do for a, um, social credit system or a a singular monetary system, you have to destroy the America, uh, or American, uh, currency. You have to also, well, really it's any of the Western currencies, you have to destroy them and bring them down, uh, equal with others. But if you if you create a currency, a new currency that's based on gold, this will completely change uh, the entire economic system. And that's one of the things you have to do as well is have a, a, a reformat in the in, in their image. At the same time, it could be used for good. We could uh, at the same time because there, there's going to be a reset one way or another. One way or another, things are going to have to be reset, uh, whether we are the winning team or not, well, the time will tell, and it depends on how active we are as a people. Um, but honestly... Straight to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> it's maddening. Yeah, it's it's purely maddening. Yeah, China has got its foot in everything, even in its silence, where it doesn't vote against what Putin's doing. It, it, it's, it's like every... If you, if you look at every um, political party or country or... Democrat or um, not Democrat, but the ambassador that speaks up for a country. It's um, what they are silent about or what they don't stand up against. You've got to take that tick in the box as well, because that means, yeah, uh, well, we're not voicing against it because we're okay with it to some degree. So you have so many people shouting against something. You've got to remember there are so many other countries that aren't shouting against it so you've got to weigh it up and then you start to see the picture and yeah china they fund the who they've got their foot so far up the wef they've got their foot so far up the banks they can't afford not to we are at a crossroads that's got to be stopped and brought down people might say oh trade this trade that trade get the money idea out the way they want to change your social system money comes with the social system no matter what happens, whether you're allowed it, whether you're not allowed it, if they pull the independence and the freedom down and change your social system, that is something you're going to find it so much harder to get out of. Well, the social contract that we've had has been broken, if anybody hasn't figured that out by now. Uh, I've been saying that for, well, almost two years now. That Ever since COVID started, I said, no, they're not, they're not going back. They're committed now. 
after they didn't release, you know, because the remember the 14 days, right? It was just the 14 days, 14 days to flatten the curve. It was all supposed to open back up and everybody was supposed to go back to life as normal. And the second that they didn't do that, when they said, oh, look, we just need another week. We just need another three weeks. Look, we need to go to the end of the month just to make sure. I knew as soon as that happened, I knew, I said, we're never going back. We're never going back. I, rem- I remember us talking in February, March 2020. Yeah. We actually, and when we said it's going to take officially eighteen months before we can get a vaccine out properly. Yeah. If you think that they're going to support you through a lockdown by giving you, uh, lending you money and saying, well, you can pay it back or whatever. No, you've got to sort your life out thinking eighteen months ahead how I'm going to get through this. If you don't, you're going to be a casualty. So, like you said, when they started to verbally say so many days and another week and another month, or whatever, the lie was out, and it took them best part of eighteen months. Yeah, and they're they still started. like but, this. And look where we are now. It's a mess, man. They have created one hell of a mess. Like this is this is a nasty situation. <laughs> anyway, you look at it. Yeah, we're not dealing with lockdowns at the moment, but how far are we from climate lockdowns if these these jokers aren't stopped? Oh yeah, we actually did mention that, right? Yeah, during COVID. That, oh yeah. I mean, we did say it. It'd be an extreme. We did it laughable to begin with. What they're going to come up next? And I mean, funny enough, during COVID, you heard nothing from the eco warriors. These people are so fanatically pushed against saving the planet and the biosphere, shut their trap, and all of a sudden, oh, they're not motivated by money, really. Who's given us the money to do it again and play stupid? That is all it is. When we had Marty on, we talked about Just Stop Oil. I I know that you've got your own opinions on that, and this came out (laughs) yesterday after we... uh, uh, this came out when we finished recording with uh, with Marty, and it is the heiress to a billion-dollar oil company riches, one of the Gettys, right? Getty, you know, like Getty Images, mm-hmm. one, one of the Gettys. They're funding the climate change group Just Stop Oil through the Climate <laughs> Emergency Fund. This is a uh, this is a, a report that was put out by the Daily Mail. Getty's given over $1 million to the Climate Emergency Fund, who disperses funds to groups such as Extinction Rebellion, and just stop oil. The latter group, uh, the, yeah, the latter group last week dispatched two activists to the National Gallery in London, where they threw cans of tomato soup on Van Gogh's sunflower painting before super gluing their hands to the wall next to it, which we discussed last week when you were on. Yeah. Oh, you yes, want to know where they the get their money yeah. from? An oil heiress. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you know that? It's just like everything else. It is is. If you, hang on. Who gave us net zero? Who gives us carbon capture? Who gives us everything about the carbon footprint? Hang on, the oil companies, they've always forced to use this agenda to push their own agenda. It is all a joke. Look, I mean, if somebody says something, just look into it. Just spend a few minutes, look into it, and then decide whether, yeah, okay. And we need these stand-up comedians that used to openly say these things on media to be allowed out there. But hang on, have I seen a comedian, stand-up comedian on local media recently? Do we get them? You get them? You don't. Well, no. There are no comedy sketches anymore that are in any well, opposition. Well, uh, so I know of at least four comedians that are actively um, still out there doing stand-up comedy and everything, going to shows and everything, and are actively standing against all the nonsense that's going on. The problem is, is uh, because of social media, because of the media in general, 
they're being silenced. They're not allowed to have a greater platform. Um, I know these comedians go out and they'll find venues that aren't forcing vaccine mandates or masks or any of those kind of things, but the venues are much smaller. So <laughs> it, it, it's it's more difficult for them to, yeah. to get out there, well, Yeah, so basically the, 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 it's tightened down, it's backroom stuff, and generally it's not out there. And that itself, why why simple question is why isn't there any opposing comment? As soon as you realize that there's something wrong. Did but, you hear did you hear last week when we play the uh, when we played the clip of Al Gore? Did did you hear that? Yes. Yes. You, you did, did hear that. Yes, and he's been going a long time. He has. But maybe we're not looking into it as deeply as we should, because we're just talking about stopping oil, right? We're just talking about a plant-based future with uh, animal rebellion, and Extinction Rebellion was the, the climate thing, right? Whatever happened to Insulate Britain? Do you remember that one? They were like the, the pretext to just stop oil. They were the ones that were out there sitting in, in traffic before. They kind of disappeared. They, they went by the wayside. What about Scientist Rebellion? Have you ever considered that? What, from a scientific point of view? Well, yeah. What, what about scientists? Well, 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 <laughs> hang on. Didn't the governments just say around the world that we're following the science? And didn't Pfizer just say that? Well, yeah, but they're moving at the speed of science. And that takes like that keep takes up with the market. Yeah, you got you got to keep with yeah. that. But no, really, what about scientist rebellion? Have you ever considered that? I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm just trying to work out what these scientific rebels are going to do. If they've got well, any sense, they're going to form their own domed community and shut okay. the world out. All right, let's hear what they have to say then. I'm here because as a scientist, I know that Volkswagen's greenwashing and lobbyism is killing people. The carbon emissions they're responsible for are causing deadly floods and wildfires and heat waves and droughts, like what we've seen in Europe this summer. And it's much worse in the global south. Soon, world regions will probably be inhabitable. And that's a crime. Some scientists stormed their way into Volkswagen and glued themselves to the floor and are demanding that... Yeah, well, they're demanding that Volkswagen cease all operations because they're causing uh, heat waves and droughts and floods and making the southern hemisphere uninhabitable but and causing these climate change. Sci- these scientists, if, if they know what is going on, it doesn't matter whether half the globe by 2050 is inhabitable because you might not have the population to populate it. Well, not only that, but that kid that they interviewed there that was saying science like didn't even look like he was out of high school yet, um, well, to be yeah. fair. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't even want to comment on it because it's laughable. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I, I will. personally, I think VW probably got all their models out there. People are probably looking at them, giving it. I haven't. I hope he hasn't glued himself to that really nice VW. That'll wreck well, the that, paintwork. Yeah, and that Porsche that was that was parked there <laughs> that they were uh, sitting right next or, that they were sitting next to. Uh, one of the protesters that was there, one of the scientists, air quote scientists that was there that glued themselves to the floor, took to his Twitter account and tweeted the following. They have refused our request. They were requesting this to Volkswagen. I wonder they have refused our request to provide us with a bowl to urinate and defecate in in a decent manner while we are glued and have turned off the heating. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> 
and left Whoops. you on the floor <laughs> and they've taken care of their nice cars and shifted about the showroom and left you in the dark. It left you there, yeah. Oh, never In the cold. Mind. The dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they didn't glue you to the floor. They just switched everything off when they went home. Well, they're, they're complaining about uh, emissions. You need emissions to heat, don't you? What are you complaining about? <laughs> yeah. What's your carbon footprint? I'll tell you what. If he managed to do his Twitter crack, he must have done it with his nose on his phone if his hands were glued to the floor. Well, they had one hand free. They had the other <laughs> hand. There was one hand glued down. Hey, that's a hell of a gift. <laughs> you know, that's a joke. At, at first, I, um, you know, taking out all the, the, the BS um, that they were talking about, at first I would kind of been like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of... Um, I'll give you a chance saying that uh, Volkswagen shouldn't be around because I kind of am in somewhat agreement. I, I don't think they should have survived World War II personally. I mean, you did provide the, the war machine uh, of the Nazis. So, and, so and, did the U.S. Uh, <laughs> I know. So did Ford. I, I no, that's should, a, so, hang on, I, everybody. I mean, but I hang on. They, they did give Hollywood either. the Beatle, didn't they? Yeah, the Beetle is like, decades, was, man. Yeah, yeah. The Beetle. That's one. That's one of the most successful, most reliable cars that's ever been made. Uh -huh. uh, what they shouldn't have survived was when they used the engine management to tweak the emissions thing when everything went yeah, into yeah. Yeah. MOTs. Yeah, yeah, that is when there should have been accountability. And that found that, and that was one point where it was a case of they went, they found, they tried to find a couple of scapegoats, but they just brushed it off. Yes, there's loads of. Uh, lawsuits going around you're entitled to x amount a thousand if you've got a vw between this period and this and it's still ongoing from different lawsuits but they brushed it off and it was a well, massive sign of what cannot be done yeah but here, okay here, here's the thing and, and to that point let's just say okay so they skirted the, uh, the the emissions thing right they tweaked it and, and messed with the emissions it's not causing what these these yahoos are talking about it's not causing uh, global uninhabitable oh, no, areas they're, they're in the just southern laughable. hemisphere that's why i'm not that's i nonsense. don't even want to give them any voice i don't want to, as far as i'm concerned more voice i give like they're giving voice to VW, and that all the people are out there are saying VW and makes them think about VW. They don't but really v care about these brands. VW, Mercedes, uh, BMW, the, these companies, they're, they're all in trouble right now because the parts manufacturers, like the, the German companies that make the parts, that provide the parts to those auto manufacturers, they're insolvent. They've gone insolvent. They don't have to worry about protesting much longer because they're going to be out of business. And the chips... We've had a chip shortage for going on a year, and Biden just chip. signed it. Yeah, yeah. Biden just signed in uh, the Chips Act or whatever, and that's dealt a blow. Did you know that all of the American executives and engineers that were in China working in those chip factories, the American ones, they all resigned on the same day and left the country on October 13th? Yeah, I wonder if they went with a pay packet. Nice Here's one. the next question. Here's the next question. Does anybody want to hazard a guess? Would you like to hazard a guess, Ned? of where the next supply of chips are, as in who manufactures them. As in a country? Yes. Um, let's have a look. Have we got a choice of doing it? It won't be the US. It won't be nope. the UK. It nope. won't be anybody in the middle of Europe. No. Nope. And it won't be China. So nope. we're talking... Uh, who's... Let's begin with what, give me a letter. It's not T, is it? Or K? Oh, it's T. It's Taiwan. It's Taiwan, Silicon Valley West. Yeah, I thought it might be. Yeah, 
There you go. So I'll get did to there Biden, in the end. Yeah. So did Biden, did his administration, I actually, I can't even say him because I mean, the dude eats ice cream, Mike's going out of style, but did the administration really have the American interest at heart or the Western interest at heart by shutting down the Chinese chip industry? Or was that a sign for them to take Taiwan? Oh, it was, it was part of the move. Mm-hmm. It's, if you if you want to see, I mean, you saw an old git getting off an aeroplane at night time, and they're saying, oh, Biden's just come back from Saudi, and he hasn't managed to get the deal he won. Bollocks. The deal that he probably went out there to get was to tell the Saudis to put the screws on the oil later on, yeah, and he'll take the verbal the hit for it. Yeah. And he'll take the verbal hit for it. That was not what was said. The rest of it was just rhetoric and it was bollocks. So yeah, he screwed the country over again. So you will have some chip manufacturing go back to the US. Some of that will go back. We don't know exactly how much or what that will entail yet, but some of it will go back there. You've also got a deal that was made by the Germans. I want to say this was last year sometime. They signed a deal with Intel, right? The the chip company Intel, you know, the ones that make our computer processors. They signed a deal with Intel to build a $17 billion manufacturing plant for Intel chips in Germany. And the construction was to begin immediately. And as soon as I saw that headline, when I, I mean, it was, that was a headline for a day and then it just disappeared. As soon as I saw that headline, I said, they're giving Taiwan up because that's where they're made. The thing is, if you look at the world simplistically, Europe, it's all about asset management because Europe has been, as well as the UK, shopkeepers long time now. When your colonies, when all your um, empires and everything disappeared and you got everything split up in the world, that is when it all went to the business structure. And that is why Europe is a dumping ground and will accept anything at the moment and do anything about the proxy wars, about the business structure, about everything, because they don't really have a say anymore. They don't have a say. They're just a political flag and that's it. And Personally, I would, as an individual, I would stretch Brexit even further and I would segregate and start looking after yourself if it's possible. Because if you don't, if you don't just start feeding your own people and getting the energy back on, Europe is going to melt into the worst chaotic zone out. And those in power don't care. And if Europe's stupid enough to not do anything about it, well... Uh, well, you, you've been saying that we needed to see a response from the French. Well, we've seen it. We've seen it. They've been out the last two or three weeks now. Are they still uh, still shouting they want to get out of NATO? and They the were shouting, and- yep, they want out of NATO, they want out of the EU, and they want this energy thing sorted, and they want it sorted now. Uh, and of course, as you could expect, the police were out there clubbing them over the head and hitting them with water cannons and tear gas and everything else. But uh, they've been putting up some good numbers, so they're there. It's well, not reported it's in the media. Happen. I mean, how, 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 well, we've heard it, I've seen it, but it's not in the mainstream media. No, it's not. As soon as they press the button on, excuse me, we've got a water problem and it's, we're going to have to shut our uh, nuclear reactors down. It's my ass. Anybody with a bit of common sense knew that. Uh, Macron, I mean, that, that was the message. When somehow he got in, that was the corrupt, that was the corruption back in again. Should never. No, he shouldn't. And have it should not have been allowed. Nah, that nah. there should have been such a wake-up call and such a movement. He got in an outcry because they were quiet about it. 
they sentenced themselves to what's coming. Yeah, I was I was quite shocked to be fair because when we were watching what was going on that night, we I mean we were watching the French elections and all these places were reporting the uh, the ballots for Le Pen being thrown out and and not accepted. If you could only accept a Macron vote, and nothing else. He lost all the colonies. He lost all he lost of every them one of them in a landslide. Yeah, not, not, uh, they all they all said. And he, he managed uh, 54% just enough at home. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, right. And yet the people were silent. The gray mass gives up. It's, it's worrying because the more information that comes out, it seems the more stubborn the mass of people are. And all if, if you on a conversation or if they even broach the subject and you answer it with data, Oh, you get into conversation with it. You then eventually get a blank look, and all they want to talk about is what's a priority to them at the moment, as in whether they want to get their hair done or whether they want to get down to the supermarket or we've run out of toilet paper. Next holiday. Yeah, yeah. Next holiday. Next vaccination passport. I'm like just my my mind is so far dis- on that point. It 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 has to be. It has to be. My mind is so far disconnected from that. I almost have a myopic view at this point. Like I am 110 percent committed to not resting until this trash is taken out, for lack of a better of analogy, off the top of my head at the moment. Or you get carried out. <laughs> or yeah, or, or I get carried out. Exactly. But like a vacation. Or, or like laying on the beach or, or hitting the golf course or something like that's not even on my radar anywhere. Oh, I can't even think. Um, I mean, thankfully, I managed to keep my last promise to a child. And I did tell her that when she was 12, she started well at big school. I would take her to America, see Disney World, Universal Studios, because she was always harping on it. So I've been around a fair part of the world. And that was February 2020. And I did it. And that was quite a step to manage to get away with it. And it was a brilliant time. And then it was back here. And when, when you're over, uh, when it, a lot of stuff sunk in, even though in America, and seeing how things were moving. Uh, and that's when I, I came back and I said, I have to go on air. That's when I spoke to you and said, I've had enough. You've got to start voicing things. And you'd been doing it for a long time, Johnny. Yeah, well, and, you know uh, what? Yeah. It's funny because that's when I made the phone. Fo- Actually, I called GP from the plane when I was coming back across the Atlantic. And I said, I've had enough. Because when I went back to the States the last time, I said, this is terrible. I said, it's time Chronic. for us to, yeah, yeah. I said, it's time for us to go to work. I said, I don't, I don't know what we need to do. I mean, this is like, this is like a year, 18 months before we even started this. We war gamed and planned and, and prepped and did everything we could. We looked at all avenues and, and everything before we even got started. We made sure that when we set off, I mean, we went through, what was it, Bruce? We went through like three, almost f- three to six months of testing before we even launched yeah, we, we wanted to make sure that when we started, we had no hitches, we had no problems. Yeah, I mean, it, it. The thing is, even on the show, I mean, you mentioned GP. I mean, there was a man. Uh, I I feel for him because he uh, scientifically, he was, uh, he knew his virology, he knew a hell of a lot of information, and yet he lost his faith in the society and the whole setting, and even he stepped outside of it. And proof was there, and yet. People are still continuing down this same sad road and allowing a lot of things. I've always had faith in humanity that will eventually come out the other side of everything and what we can attain and what is achievable by us. And the most annoying thing about this is, is they want to suppress greatness of what we could be and mold it into a gray mass of nothing. 
and people, you just don't want to, if you want to be a grey mess and I think fine, but the future is the children and everything else. Don't let it be done to them. Just allow, you've got to allow choice and freedom and speech. I mean, those are the, the, the minimums. I mean, it's just, you just got to keep shouting it. It's just out there. Not that, horse-headed idiot in New Zealand wants to tax cow burps and God knows what else. I mean, how can the head of a political <laughs> government in a country come out and literally say that and you not go, it's time for you to go, darling. You're a total <laughs> gimp. You know, it's just, it's pathetic. It the people are putting up with it. I mean, if you voice it, I mean, uh, we've got our circus. You've got everywhere's got a circus. If they haven't got a circus, they've got a war circus. And then everybody's falling in line in a different way or other. And no matter what's happening, your economic structure's being twisted and forced in a direction. How many things have to happen before you stand up and go, enough is enough? It is. So I'm did bent you, backwards. And the last I, thing that I it, know, did you, but uh, this, did you hear your, did you hear your favorite guy on CNBC? Last week, talking about the energy crisis. Oh, the bogeyman. Yeah, him. What's he up to? He was talking about how the energy crisis in Europe, that's a good thing. And how Larry Fink at BlackRock, <laughs> how, how he is a, he's a true visionary. <laughs> what you do? Well, BlackRock and Larry in particular are a great example of private sector leadership. <laughs> you know, anyone who says that climate shouldn't be a factor in how you evaluate the future of a company, you know, isn't uh, that's not capitalism because companies that have emissions, you know, they are going to be subject to uh, border adjustment tariffs or taxes. Uh, you also have to think about companies, you know, if you're dealing with uh, severe weather events, that's got to be factored in. Is the company ensuring that? Are they becoming more resilient? So the attacks are kind of illogical because climate does affect the economy, which does affect investments. The idea that we still need oil and natural gas is also, you know, fairly clear. We're not going to drain all the money away from those sectors. That's how people get to work today. It's how people avoid freezing to death in the winter. Uh, and, you know, people did get a little optimistic about how quickly the transition could be done. Now, without uh, the Russian natural gas being available in Europe, uh, you know, we're it's a setback. You know, we need to find non-Russian hydrocarbon sources to substitute for those. So there's coal plants running and a uh, variety of things uh, because, you know, keeping... You know, people warm, uh, keeping those economies in decent shape uh, is a priority. Now, on the other hand, it's good for the long run because uh, people won't want to be dependent on Russian natural gas. Uh, so they'll move to these new approaches more rapidly. It's not like he's going to uh, have those business ventures already set up that he's got investments in because that Russian gas is no longer available. It's not like he's going to be profiting from any of that. What was it Von Delayen said? Oh, she was happy to announce that she in the European Union and Bill Gates would be launching joint ventures in new sources of energy across Europe. Mm, new sources or reuse of old sources, uh -huh. et cetera, et cetera. If people want to have a look, they want to have a look that a lot of the, um, like the reusable hydrocarbon sources such as coal and everything, actually see who actually bought the, those subsidiaries out 
while they were using the natural gas. Uh, it's it's a case that the companies that actually bought these subsidiaries and where those asset managements goes to, uh, when you see a flick of a switch, natural gas goes off, reuse of old closed down structures, who actually owns the assets and who actually maintained them and now profits from them. And when they've made enough profit that you will actually switch back to your natural gas because it'll be, be supplied by these miraculously created pipelines, which would take green now. Ye- years gas is to green. actually, yeah, years to actually put in situ, but they're appearing left, right and center. And Europe, if I'm correct, actually turned down Putin resupplying. He said we could, and they actually said no. Well, actually, in a way... In in a way, like I, I I'm understand. Not I don't agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's what I was exactly what I was going to say. I'm I'm not saying I don't agree with that because in a way, look, you've at the end of this, you've got to make that regardless of of who's done what and and that you know who who blew up what. Look, we're we're probably never going to get answers to that as much as I would like to have them because I mean I've got my own speculations. That's all I'm going to say. I'll wait for another laptop to turn up in Australia. <laughs> yeah, right. He's actually suing Hunter Biden, by the way, the uh, the owner of that store. But nonetheless, the severing of that connection has to be made because of what's happening. You've got to separate the Russian economy with the European economy. That connection, like both economies, have become so intertwined on each other because of this globalization crap. It's got to stop now. And you've got to do it in a way where you don't crash the world economy at the same time. Same thing with the US making deals with China. That connection has to be severed now. Even if we somehow say that we're going to make amends and we're going to uh, all play nice now and everything, it's not going to go back. And the reason it's not going to go back is because they've destroyed the supply lines. The logistics of everything have been absolutely wrecked and decimated. So that's over. But you see where our biggest problem lies, don't you? Well, it's, a, conf- to, right. it's a conflict well, of, you- of... It's cultural differences. Like, the, the yeah, Europeans you've been, well, you've- don't have a compatible culture with uh, with the Russians. The Americans don't have a compatible culture with the Chinese. So well, you, how can you do business? That. It's not even that. If you've got... Now, you've got these different trade ideas within there. You've got the BRICS nations wanting to do one thing. But if even if you split down the middle and you get two individual trade conglomerates, right? So you've got the BRICS nations going one way. You'll have the rest of the West and the US on Europe on the other side, yeah? Biggest problem, and they've got it right to some degree, in the West, in Europe, still ingrained within that culture is they don't want to let go. They're not allowing themselves to let go. And that is what is causing causing it. They they see that everything's been done by such and such. It, it would take a break. It would take somebody to say, look, just pull away from it. As long as your people are fed, as long as you've got energy, we can restructure a nation. But because all their money and uh, the, the, the Western culture is set and engineered by the stock market, and the moving around of monies just to create some form of trade profit, they're not actually creating much. They're not actually going forward, are they? And that's what you need to establish because Bruce mentioned those asteroids and what's out in them. That is going to be the race. That is going to be what it's about. If half the world stabilizes an economy and manages to get going out there before someone else, while the other one is still sort of like a hobbled athlete and has to restructure itself who gets ahead it's going to be a race and the people 
are suffering from the idiocy of it all. Europe is just quietly dying. Not too quietly. If you were to watch oh, the media, yeah, it's quiet. It's it's really quiet. But they're not they're not covering the protest movements across Europe. Is my point? No, no, they're not. I know they're not. No, no, no. Yeah, but this the individual and the reason I'm not doing that because individual movements, if they get together, then become a power unto itself. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're here for. Yeah. To actually say, yeah, you've got New Zealand, you've got Australian movements, you've got Canadian movements, European movements, you've got the Germans, they haven't stopped moving. Swiss, I haven't really heard much from them lately. Austria's been quiet for too long. And you've got the French. We've been waiting for the French to move, but they're just like a slap baby that's just starting to wake up. Yeah, and they really need get to there. get going. The Italians are moving. What? They'll they'll get one of the Italian the Italians are still creating, and I hope they just keep going. No matter the Dutch, what. The Dutch with the farmers, they're still moving. Oh my god. I see the Dutch with the farmers. This this nitrogen thing is really pissing me off. I mean, it's like I can imagine um I mean, Marty, like me, we're meat eaters, we're omnivores, yeah? We love it, yeah? And the thing is, within your system, you need nitrogen. And that, and you also need other stuff, like for your bones. You get things like boron coming up through your plants, you eat them. Why do you think 75% increased rate of problems with your bones, such as arthritis and stuff, are in Western societies? Because as much as the vegetarians like plants, all your pesticides and everything else, it's knocking a lot of the goodness that comes through the plants. It's all right saying, we'll eat plants, we'll do this and that, but you need more of it. You get your goodness that comes from animals as well that eat plants and picks up the nitrogen. You've got to find a balance. You kill off half of it or you move half of it out and your plants aren't giving you the goodness that you think they are. You are going to be bug eaters and you will not get your nitrogen supply from them. Not a chance. I thought you might like to hear this. Uh, and Bruce, you and I were discussing this and reviewing this the other day. This is a uh, uh, this is an agricultural specialist. He's a, a scientist in Canada and he's presenting some facts here. He was invited to, to speak at this uh, nitrogen uh, whatever because they're talking about doing the exact same thing in Canada uh, as what they're doing to the, uh, the Dutch. And he's talking about how the Canadians are already, the Canadian farmers, they're already capturing over 150 percent of their night of their co2 emissions or nitrogen emissions but listen listen to how much this equates to if they go with the government figures produce the farmers grow farmers capture 132 percent of their total co2e emitted and when you take soil into account that's 150 percent this grain is being shipped internationally, meaning that Canada's crop farmers are 30 million metric tons COT, CO2E to the positive. We take into account cow burps in the national inventory. It's recognized the carbon stored in soils, and we recognize the carbon stored in forestry. So we should be thinking about the carbon that's stored in grain. And we, we do that. We, uh, we come up positive. But today, is, the focus is on fertilizer. It's recognized that Canada produces about 1.6% of the global emissions. Agriculture is about 10% of Canada's global emissions. And fertilizer is 17% of agriculture's emissions or 1.75% of Canada's greenhouse gas emissions. So if we reduced our emissions by 30% in Canada from all fertilizer sources, it would amount to 0.0028 of 1%. 
So that's really what we're talking about here. And I'm here to talk to you about agriculture, technology, precision ag, slow release fertilizers, et cetera. Thanks for inviting me. Point zero, uh, I, zero, I wanna, zero, two, eight of one. I was going to say that we need to correct that because he yeah, only he, said point zero, zero, two, eight. Yeah, but there's the, another the card zero. he was holding up had three zeros. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, it's less than one percent. It is. I mean, it's, it's a negligible amount. But it is all like he's just stressing the point. It's a government agenda to screw over and nonsense. take charge and, and put everything in the hands of corporations and asset managements. They don't want be worse. The people to have anything. Of course it will be. I tell you what, if they want to see a climate change, just give everything to BlackRock. Because those are the <laughs> bastards that are doing it all. They're the ones that yeah. are pissing around. They're the ones that, are, that own the majority of your fossil fuel endeavors, your forestry endeavors and everything. And who's their brand ambassador? Who's their brand ambassador? That's Jacinda well, Arden. Horsehead. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, I know. And I'll tell you what, her carbon footprint for those teeth must be huge. <laughs> kidding you. It's just she she should have dentures so she she can cut her carbon emission. There's more greenhouse gases that could probably come out with her. We should have a Lucinda burp tax. Seriously should. And I reckon yeah. In fact, actually, I wouldn't even bother. I hate some of I our New Zealand leave. listeners probably would agree with you. Oh, she she's pathetic. I mean, she she she's not even good for um for a dark nursery rhyme. That witch is she really? Not really. No. She just shouldn't. She just shouldn't be out there. You need to get her out of the picture because you have got a lovely land there. You just don't want her to darken it because she is. She is. And they just got to remember what we said on the last time. They used to be roaming, bison and everything. They used to be the equivalent of cattle in the millions in the herds. Yeah. Why is it? I was bringing that point up to Bruce uh, the other day. I said, you ever notice that these people, they don't mention the wild herds that are out there that are roaming across like Africa? Wildebeest. How across? much wildebeest yeah, yeah. travel across the plains? How many hyenas? How many zebras? Everything how, many, like that. how many elephants? Like they never mention any of this. How many these massive herds and her, like uh, millions of animals? They never mention that. Not one time. It's always well, well, that, you, that, that, the that farmer. Just turn the grass plains into a dust storm. Yes. Yeah. And it still grows back and actually their migration does help and yes. everything else and it, yes. it's its own culture within itself yep they never mentioned that the, o the, yeah, the only destructive thing here is and i'm not for depopulating or anything is man he's a total he's turning into a total twat some of them well certain I mean, segments of us yes correct we have the ability to support each other and get on and if, I mean, there's too much of a negative, I'm a spiritual person as much as anything else. And you, it is, there's far too much negative out there. It's just, it's, it's like, I mean, we're empathic creatures. If you get millions of people and they're not feeling great, I mean, it, no matter what, subconsciously we will pick up on that. But I think that actually affects populations in some degree, unless you can think outside the box, because we have created we most selfish individuals out, and that's why they don't want to stand up because they're all thinking about their own small little area of what's left of their family because that's been split up, their immediate family, their house, their whatever, and they do not think beyond the front doors and work or even if they don't work. And I'm sorry, that little selfish whatever 
you then just become a spouting voice for your own little ineptitudes and you'd like to cover it with something else up. And you point the fingers at others like bullies in the playground, but you never achieve anything. We are related to everybody in the world in some form or manner. So we should be thinking as a family and saying, yeah, we've got a couple of cousins here who are a bunch of wankers and they need sorting out. You know, it's not good for the family. I hear you, my friend. Unfortunately, we're out of time. We're going to have to go. I gave you an extra half an hour today, That's just like I did last week. I know. It's only because I told you that I had to get back to my wife early and you yeah, just put me in, in the can. Yeah. <laughs> <You put it. laughs> we'll see you next week, yeah? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll thank you for that. I won't apologize. <laughs> Good. I'll be back. Right. There's lots to say. I mean, the one thing I haven't managed to get to because it twist my head off is that gender dysphoria that's going on but oh goodness no hold that i, I really I, we got plenty I really more we're gonna know, have in a, in a week I we got really plenty don't more know how to approach that i really don't yeah know how to approach i that. oh goodness i when we finish here i'm gonna play you a clip that i'm gonna hold for you when you come back next week and we'll discuss it because this is something else they're now pushing but anyway we're gonna have to go for those of you who'd like to send us some feedback please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamic podcast at protonmail.com also do you like the podcast you're listening to we do love having you as a listener and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends if you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own we would appreciate it very much if you'd send them our direction it's been a pleasure gentlemen thank you both for being here this evening thank you to all of the listeners everyone have a great evening